You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview, call me Adam.com. Hey everyone, I am so excited to be back in the closet where I conduct all of my video and podcast interviews. And today I get to talk to actor, writer, producer, director, Alex Wise, who is currently starring in the new Broadway play alongside Sean Hayes, Goodnight Oscar. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Adam Rothenberg. And for the past 14 years, I have been cooking up the secret sauce to a memorable interview. With over 1500 interviews under my belt, I have been serving this recipe over and over again. So without further ado, let me welcome Alex. Hi, Alex. Hey, how are you? I'm good. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you too. Thanks for having me and talking with me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm very excited for today's interview because we have so much to talk about. And I think we should kick things right off with your new Broadway play that you're in. You are starring alongside Sean Hayes in Goodnight Oscar. I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> that is so exciting. So let's start with what made you want to audition for the show? What made you want to um, be part of it? You know, e even when I saw the announcement of the show, I felt very drawn to it. I felt like, oh, my gosh. Wait. Oh, my gosh. What is this? Something's happening. Something something is shifting within me. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I felt very cosmically um, drawn like a moth to a flame over this play. Um, so then uh, when I got the audition, I thought to myself, it's on, it's on mother effers. Like we, this is happening. Um, and I felt like uh, I had to, this was a great uh, challenge for me to bring myself into my greatest self-esteem so I could believe in myself enough to get this job. And some of the reasons I felt that were the whole world of the play feels like it speaks to me. I mean, it's it's uh, about old Hollywood in a lot of ways. It's about mental health. It's really funny. It feels tangentially Jewish. And it stars one of my childhood heroes. And so I just thought, I, I this everything about this play feels like it fits in with my personality. <laughs> so I just knew I had to um, really fight. And I don't mean against anyone else. I mean, fight within myself to believe that I could do this. And so it was two months of auditions. Yeah, I know they really, they really put me through it. <laughs> but um, thankfully it all, it all uh, went in my favor. And I've been very, very, uh, I've been very blessed to be a part of this show with so many fantastic people. I mean, I just can't, I can't even tell you how much fun I've been having and how wonderful everybody has been. So I love that you say that you had to fight against yourself to, for the audition. So, I mean, what are some things that you did to like mentally prepare yourself for the audition and to, to win that fight? Yeah. Okay. Well, I can say, um, Shout out to my friend, Sarah Kapner, who's a great actress in her own right. Sarah um, met with me before every one of my auditions to help me uh, run the material and to get me in a very positive headspace. Um, but, you know, the big picture, the main thing I had to do was really believe that I could 
do this. Yeah, my, I mean, I don't know about you, about everyone listening, but during the pandemic, my self-esteem took a number of uh, took a number of hits, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I really had to start believing in myself again. Well, a pattern for me through my career is when I doubt myself, then that doubt just seeps in through every one of my fingers and uh and people can read that and and it doesn't and then things don't go in my favor like i i can really remember times i've sat in a waiting room and looked around and thought to myself oh that guy's better than me oh that guy's more impressive than i am oh they're better looking than me and then i go in the room and and it's not that um I've done anything to elevate any of them, but I've done a lot of things to diminish myself. And so I was working really, really hard. I'm just not diminishing myself and thinking I can do this. I can do this. I have it in me. I'm talented enough. I'm good enough. I'm, and it really took a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of therapy sessions. (laughs) Well, I think that's great that you had the support and you had that self-awareness of, of what you you know, some of the things you do that you feel like maybe self-sabotaged, you're getting something. And I, I have a friend, Yvonne Marchese, who has a podcast called Late Bloomer Living. And she talks a lot about the ways that we self-sabotage ourselves as we, especially as we get older and as we age and how we talk to ourselves that we're old and we can't do things. So it's a very similar, I feel like a very similar mindset and and conversation that you have to have with yourself and I just want to commend you for being so vulnerable and so honest and for letting everybody inside your mind that way because I think a lot of people can relate to what you just said and I certainly know I do things to self-sabotage myself so it's always nice to hear somebody else that you're not alone in those thoughts that you have yeah I mean thank you for saying that any of us are um uh, so many people are drawn to the arts too, because we all have these um, wounds that we need to heal by expressing ourselves, you know. And I'm, I'm just like anybody else who who's uh, an artistic, an artistic kid in that way. <laughs> um, and I uh, have the things in me that I need to always. It's it's a lifelong process. Work to make better and and work to believe in myself, especially in this world that tells us that we're not supposed to believe in ourselves or we're supposed to hide. And so I'm trying so hard to not hide and to believe in myself. And you know who um, continues to be a great source of inspiration for me in that is Sean Hayes, who is the funniest and the boldest and the bravest and the kindest person you could possibly work with. He's just unbelievable to hang out with. And uh, he continues to um, inspire me on and off stage. Well, that actually leads into my next question, which is what have you learned from working with him, whether both professionally and personally? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, one of the things that um, excites me the most about Sean is what an incredible leader he is. Um, I I only really honed in on this principle from... um, from working with people also who were bad leaders. Like I've been on a TV show before, I'm not gonna name a name, but like I was on a TV show with a uh, with a very famous person in the lead and, and he was so um, cruel. He was cruel to everybody. Um, he wouldn't speak to anybody <laughs> who was a crew member on the set. And he, uh, 
would very publicly tell me that I wasn't doing a good enough job in front of the whole crew. And, and he spent about three weeks not talking to me. And so, and I felt the way that reverberated through the whole set. I think for a long, for, for a while, I was like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with me. This is a reflection of me. And then I saw this crew, uh, I saw um, someone who worked for wardrobe. She came to my room and she was like, hi, um, I'm sorry. Uh, your pants are five minutes late. I'm so sorry. Um, and I was like, it's okay. It's, it's fine. Then I'll just wait five more minutes. It's okay. And she, and she said to me, she goes, wow, I'm not used to people not yelling at me, you know? So I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that kind of tone is set from the top. That's what happens when you have a leader who, um, treats people with such disregard. Then you have somebody like Sean Hayes, who is like truly one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, we spend all day just laughing and telling jokes. And, but also Sean is so collaborative and he's always looking for ways in the scene to help his scene partner shine and make sure he's giving space for them and making sure they can hone in on their moments. He's not trying to steamroll over anybody to be the star he, that's not what he's looking for he's looking for an experience full of camaraderie and full of togetherness and um and so and, and he wants to know about everyone he wants to know about your family he wants to ask you how your day was he wants to spread positivity and cheer so you know theater and, and making things i think it should be about the experience of hanging out and being together and being a team it's only better when you're all a team, not when you're these individual, um, individual, you know, I don't know how to say it, like buoys in the water, you know, with <laughs> like isolated and alone and um, only worrying about your own waves. But, but no, we're kind of, we're all together. Sean gets that better than, uh, better than anybody. And he has made a lot, I gotta say also along with Doug Wright, our writer and Lisa Peterson, our director, They've all made this into one of the most positive um, and silly and joyous and collaborative experiences. Uh, the one thing I love that you said is that it should, everyone should be together. When you were saying all the buoys rise, I'm in an entrepreneurial community. And mm -hmm. in that community, we always say when the water rises, all the boats rise. Meaning if we all support each other, we all rise together. And that's exactly, I feel like what you were saying with everybody working together, like in yeah. Goodnight Oscar, as opposed to on that TV show. And I, I can only imagine on that TV show, you know, you were talking about before how you had to mentally, with your audition for Goodnight Oscar, get into that mindset of like, I'm good enough, I'm, I'm great, I'm this, I'm that. When you have an experience like that TV show, I can only imagine that it, it, it definitely affects that that mentality and and it makes it harder to get into that mindset at times. Priceline presents go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. 
No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, absolutely. That that's that's well said. I mean, I think it's like a for me, it's been a lifelong process of understanding what is and what is not a reflection of me. And um when someone is okay, for instance, when a friend is not being very supportive for of me and they don't really have a lot of nice things to or say, you can yeah. tell that they're withhold, you know, they have some judgment in their voice. I'm trying to be better about understanding, oh, that doesn't mean my performance wasn't good, or it doesn't mean that I'm not a good person deserving of a supportive friend. What it means is that friend is dealing with their own stuff that they're reflecting onto me, and it has absolutely nothing to do with me. And what I can do is keep reminding myself I have worth. I I am my own, I'm going to be my own mirror. I'm going to reflect back my own greatness and I'm not going to worry about the people outside of me who might reflect back otherwise. And then I can better support myself. I can better walk into an audition room and know that I don't need them to say yes in order for me to say yes to myself. Or I can stand on a stage and feel like I deserve to be there with someone who's who's been one of my heroes. And, you know, I just think we're we're all we're all going to be better if we can understand what is and what is not a reflection of ourselves. Like if you want to talk about it politically, like people are, you know, creating all this horrifying legislation, not because something is wrong with you, but because something is wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. It's, it's the same kind of principle, I think. And so I'm trying to be better and better about understanding what is and what is not about me. Um, and that's what helped me get good night Oscar. I was, yes, I auditioned against a lot of, wonderfully incredibly talented uh people many of whom i respect so much but i was only up against myself i was only up against me and my own demons and whether or not they gave me the part had everything to do with them and their bs and and if they think i'm the solve for their for their puzzle then then the the piece of their puzzle then great and if they don't then I don't need them to say yes to me to know that I am uh, an artist and a person of substance. Yes, I mean, just because you don't don't get a role doesn't mean you weren't good or you weren't, you know, you weren't what they were looking for. You you may you may just not have been like they people. I feel like in these instances have a specific type that they're looking for. And it could be the the smallest thing that it's just not that exact type. I always remember the Martina McBride song, um, Do What You Do. And in that, she's always just says, you just have to, you know, go in there and be your best. And it may have nothing to do with you. You just have to do what you do and do it to your best. Yes. Well said. Thank you, Martina. <laughs> yes. Yes. So now in the show, Goodnight Oscar, uh, you play... Um, let me get the character's name correct. You play um, Max. That's right. Einbaum. So yeah. um, how do you every day when you, because the show's in previews right now and right. it officially opens on April 24th. Barbara yes. Streisand's birthday. That's right. Yes. That must be a very good omen then. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you prepare? 
how do you get into Max's headspace when every night for the show? Because like, you know, during the day you're going about your life, you're, you know, you know, you're doing things for your art or whatever you're doing in your day. How do you leave your day behind and get into Max's headspace? Yeah, I think, well, I, I'm, I'm a bit darker and more intellectual probably than Max, um, but Max um, shares a lot of similarities with me too, because Max is overly enthusiastic and really excited and completely in love with the arts and a big fan, you know, Max operates from the place of fandom. And so in order to play Max, I try to step into as much joy as I possibly can and as much wonder and make my, and, and step into the headspace of that kind of childhood wonder where, um, Hollywood and theater were just pure magic before the, all the poison of the business came and <laughs> ruins that. Um, so it's actually really fun to play Max and it's not so difficult to step into that headspace. It's all about, um, connecting with the very things that, uh, that made this whole business so important to 10 year old me. And do you have, do you have any experiences? Because Max is, so for everybody who may not know, your character is playing an intern on The Tonight Show with Jack Parr and Sean Hayes' character is having, it's like an infamous appearance that he makes on the show where a lot of things seem to go wrong is what I got right. from the press notes. And so do you have any experiences from real life that you drew on like, did you ever do an internship somewhere in the entertainment industry that you were like, you know, this makes me, this scene makes me think of this event in my life? Um, well, I certainly, well, you know, it's funny. I feel like most, uh, so many of the roles I play is just somebody holding a clipboard or offering somebody coffee. It's like I, something about my face, you know, screams, would you like more coffee, sir? Um, <laughs> um, um, and I definitely had some internships when I was younger, but I don't think they were very fun internships. But what I can draw on is um, so many of the great experiences that I've had being on different sets or in theaters where I was working with somebody I looked up to. Like I can think about what one of my first TV jobs was so wonderful. I was on a show called Bored to Death and I played Ted Danson's assistant. And yeah, and Ted Danson could not have been more amazing to me and he saw me looking around like a terrified puppy and he said do you know what's happened like do you understand the the set and I was like no <laughs> and he said okay let me show you so this is who this person is and this is who they are and this is what we're about to do let me walk you through okay so we're going to do this coverage first and then this and that and he really and he's and and he wanted to get to know me and and I, I mean, nobody could have been kinder to me. And and so that experience of working with somebody I look up to who's, who takes me under their wing and uh, and makes me feel like I deserve to be there. It, those moments in my life, which I'll never forget, um, they, they, they help me find what Max is after too, because um, even though Max has a different kind of experience where his fandom is met with toxicity, dare I say, um, he has to come into the scene from a place of wanting this person who's an idol to be the, the guy to take him under his wing and to say, welcome to Hollywood, kid, in the best way. Here are all the good parts. But instead, Oscar uh, 
does something a little bit different. So uh, um, despite the way it all takes a turn, I think it's um, it's nice to hone in on those parts of me um, that still exist, that that so look up to uh, these folks. And you know what? It's not hard for me to pretend to be a fan of Sean Hayes. <laughs> it's not like it's difficult to just be on stage with Sean as we go back and forth and he and Sean as Oscar tells me these great stories from his life amazing have you had any onstage mishaps yet or was there anything that maybe stands out from the rehearsal process that was like a big mishap and if not for this show what would you say has been your biggest onstage mishap in any of the other shows you've been in Sure. Well, thankfully, there haven't been any terrible mishaps yet. Knock on wood. I mean, just some little things like, uh, um, you know, oh, we dropped a prop and so we had to figure out how to deal with it. Or this thing was a little out of place and then somebody sort of trips a little bit. Uh, the other night, somebody <laughs> somebody dropped a cup from the top balcony down to the mezzanine and then I went down to the orchestra and it was during a very dramatic monologue in the show. So you just heard like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, thankfully there've been uh, no huge, terrible mishaps, just these little um, normal things that we've had to deal with because theater is live. There was a time when I was doing Waitress when I thought it'd be a good idea since it was my birthday on that day to, um, have uh, a margarita between shows and then uh at the end of the song never getting rid of me where i had to jump and sort of do a split over a chair and land in the chair um i kind of landed crotch first on the uh on the back of the chair and so i was met not with applause but rather with an audience collectively going Ooh, and then like a smattering <laughs> to which I thought happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, I was stupid. It was stupid. <laughs> what a great story though. I mean, I'm glad you're okay. It does make a good story. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe it's worth it for the story, but wow, the embarrassment lives on even <laughs> four plus years later. Now, when you have it. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. An incident, like you said, with the cup falling from the balcony all the way down to the orchestra. How do you stay in character or how do you not break character or get distracted by that? How do you stay focused? Um, when something like that happens, the only thing that I try to change is my timing to um, give things a pause. Like, for instance, if somebody sneezes right before my punchline, um, <laughs> then I'll hold for a moment and then deliver the punchline because it's important that everybody hears what what it is, where that line leads. Um, but uh I don't know. I try to have a really strong foundation of character. So no matter what happens, um, I can stay in the reality of the play. Um, like, I don't know. I This isn't like a happy story, but like I, I recall doing this show there. I did a show called The Boy in the Bathroom and the whole thing of the my, my whole character was had he had OCD and he couldn't leave his bathroom. And so um, there was a, at one point a medical emergency in the audience which uh, 
So they needed to pause the show for five, 10 minutes while they helped the patron. And so instead of leaving the stage, because my character couldn't leave the bathroom, I just got in the bathtub and closed the curtain. So <laughs> that felt right to me in that moment. I don't know. It was, but but I guess the point of what I'm saying is I do my very best to create a strong foundation so I can go with whatever comes, but still keep the reality of the play alive as best I can for for all of us, for the audience, for my fellow actors, for myself. When you're when you're in a show, um, what are some of your pre-show rituals that you do? to get ready for the performance? I just slowly put on my makeup while I pretend I'm Joan Allen in Pleasantville. Um, no, I don't do that. Okay, uh, <laughs> that was a stupid joke. Um, I, I um, what do I do? I, honestly, I, I try to say hi to everybody at the theater <laughs> and I try to just get myself in a headspace of, of play and of teamwork. Um, at Oscar, we all do a little ritual together. Um, we do a little uh, prayer circle where we have a mantra that we all say together before each performance. So the seven of us in the cast, we we circle up right at five minutes and and do our our, our mantra so we can get in a collective headspace. And how do you decompress after the show? Oh, booze, pills. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, after the, you know what I do? Well, okay, I I've been um eating a meatball sub every night while I watch Love is Blind. Um, that's kind of been my journey. I, I don't know. I think I just eat some food and I take a shower and I watch TV and I kind of let my mind zone out. <laughs> I love it. That's it. You know, just normal oh tired people things. Oh my God. I love it. Well, we do have to move into talk about your film and television work as well, because you have done so much there. Um, you, and I know we touched on collaboration earlier, but you have a great collaboration with Wesley Taylor. Um, you both, uh, you've worked on two two projects that I know of so far together. You have your Emmy nominated series, Indoor Boys, which I absolutely loved. And you have a new film that just came out recently and it is called Summoning Sylvia. So my first question is, how did you and Wesley just first decide to work together? Yeah, so so Wes and I were both living in Los Angeles at the time. Um, this was about six or six-ish years ago, seven years ago, maybe. Um, and we were feeling a little creatively stifled, as can happen in Los Angeles. And so we decided we would um, put our minds together and see what we could do. And 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 Wes's idea was, why don't we make a little web short and see what that is? So that was the first episode of Indoor Boys, was just the two of us with one sound person and one camera person. And that was it. And, and then we thought, huh, this is pretty fun. Why don't we do another? Okay, let's do another and another. And it turned into the series it became. So I think that's why at the beginning, the series feels a little more aimless and then it picks up some narrative momentum as it goes is because we didn't have a grand plan. We were just making these little standalone episodes um, with our friends. Um, so, uh, but we're really proud of what it turned into by the end and all the great people we got to work with. And Wes and I really have a great little odd couple relationship. We um, are very different kinds of people, but we're both very driven and and excited to um be creative and just in search of um 
more and more inspiration. And we've found so much of that together. So after, uh, after, um, indoor boys, the next thing we did, especially when the shutdown happened was we, um, we started writing summoning Sylvia and then, uh, and then, you know, and that's, that's when that movie started to take shape. But yeah, working with Wes has been just awesome. I really love him. He's one of my very best friends. And uh, it's it's pretty cool to have someone that I can be creatively accountable to. So uh, we can uh, keep pushing each other forward. So excited to to see the, the new film, Summoning Sylvia, because I loved Indoor Boy. So I can't wait to see this new collaboration with both of you. And I know the movie stars... Um, Michael Yuri and Frankie Grande. Right. So and, and VN Cox, Travis Coles, Troy Awada, Sean Grandillo, uh, Noah Ricketts. Um, it's it's a pretty wonderful group of people. Oh my god, I love that you're working with VN again because she was in Indoor Boys as well. And I just adore her. I think she's such a brilliant actress. And I'm so glad that you have another project and you're writing material for her because she definitely deserves all of the work she gets. We love her too. She's, yeah. she's an amazing person and an amazing artist. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know you have to get to rehearsals. So let me just finish up with two questions. Of course. Um, my first question is, so I saw an interview with Celine Dion years ago when she's out on tour, she doesn't talk between shows to help preserve her voice. So when you're either in a play or you're working on a film or television, project do you put up any kind of boundaries like that to help keep your energy up or to help keep yourself focused uh well I've been taking a lot of vitamins <laughs> <laughs> um and you know I just try to I just try to be gentle with myself um so I have energy to give to these projects um I do my best to not um turn my back on my own life and because my relationships give me a lot of energy. So I try to keep my friends close. Um, and I try to, so I, I don't know. I'm just, I try to do it all. And my last question is, what is something that we didn't get to talk about that you would like my audience to know about you? Um, well, I also had a musical a couple of years ago that I wrote with Ben Fankhauser and that was called a commercial jingle for Regina Comet and the cast album is streaming everywhere and we were so excited that we got to be the first new musical to open in New York after the pandemic and it was silly and it was about friendship and teamwork and writing and our inner divas and uh and you can check out the cast album for Regina Comet everywhere oh I love it I love it well thank you so much for your time today I really appreciate it Alex it was great to catch up with you and thank you and everybody watching go see Alex in Goodnight Oscar it is in previews now and officially opens April 24th. I also stream, you can uh, rent Summoning Sylvia now everywhere. It's on Prime, it's on iTunes, it's on many, many, many platforms. Oh, awesome. Well, make sure you rent it because the collaboration between Alex and Wesley is amazing. And if you haven't watched Indoor Boys, make sure you watch it because it is so much fun. Thank you, Adam. You're it's, welcome. It's really good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.
and we'll see everybody soon. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, lives for the business of show. CallMeAdam.com Weddings are a celebration of finding the perfect fit. And with Indochino, you can design a custom suit made to your measurements. Go to indochino.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off any order of $3.99 or more. 